0: I'll tell you what you do, you just take them dang old spark plugs out, and then that little hole, you just put a little hole around there, just like Bobby Uncharted said, just like it'd go boom, boom, just like that. We all feel better Better. in the dark. We all feel better Better. in the dark.
1: We We all feel better in the dark. In conclusion. If you find yourself falling asleep, having a dream child in the middle of a nightmare, while you're trying to wake up when you're being chased by a guy with razors on his fingers, and you don't know it's a new nightmare, and then you got Jason, he's got an axe, got Kelly Rowland, she's not saying, nightmare, nightmare baby, nightmare baby, nightmare baby, nightmare baby. License to ill
0: flow. H-Y. Once upon a time on a Super Bowl night, two guys from BK brought the points to life. Gave you some previews
1: and some laughs. Was a no big thing. No one thought it would last. Then one started growling at the mention of a chick. The other guy would lose it every time he got pissed. Next thing you know, they got a
0: good fan base. So they said, "What the hell? Let's continue the pace. No stone uncovered. They will take on a topic. Might bring on a guest, and together they rock it. because 'Cause they're in like Flint. Two
1: just are cool. If you don't know the beautiful one, they'll take you to school. I'm talking about Tom, DJ, and Derek Ferguson. the best podcast out, hands down, it's set. So when In the car, if you're chillin' in the park Welcome to another show of better in the dark
0: It was a mutual thing
1: (laughs) She dumped them Obviously No, it was what seemed best for both me and I can't even say her name What is it? Kathy, Sandra, Susan, right? Laura Ah!
2: The apple is the temptation. Damn it, damn it. The apple is the experience.
0: And until we get back in touch with you... Go watch that movie! Right, Davin? Go watch that movie! <laughs> so, Thomas... Uh, yes,
1: Derek? Uh, are you a subscriber to Netflix? Yes, but I'm a Philistine. I'm still getting the discs. Okay, let me ask you a question. Why still the discs? Because I'm one of these
2: nerds that likes to look at all the different when, when you get good disc, like a Criterion Collection disc, which I get occasionally. I'm doing the research for the Nicholas Rogue episode. I'm doing research for the Alan Rudolph episode. Occasionally, I'll get a Criterion disc, and Criterion, of course, has. Loads and loads of features and
1: commentaries, and I prefer having the access to those. But, Thomas, are you not aware of the extraordinary variety of movies that can be found on Netflix streaming? Movies from the 30s yes. to the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70, the variety of TV shows that you can sit and watch an entire season. In like one, House of Cards, in, in, Oh, yeah, in one weekend and never leave the comfort of uh, your chair.
2: Are you aware of that, Tom? Yes, I am aware of that. In fact, I'm aware of that very much because recently they took a whole bunch of those 30 for 30 documentaries I love and took them off disc and put them on streaming.
1: Bingo! We today have someone who is very conversant and very expert in what is available to watch on Netflix Instant Streaming. He is one of the co-hosts of one of my favorite movie-based podcasts, Instant Deaths. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Orchakowski.
0: hello, hello.
1: Thanks for having me on here, guys. (laughs) So before we go and dive right into the subject of this, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Instant Depths
0: and what you guys do over there. I'm Adam Worshikowski. I like to watch movies. Our show Instant Depths, me and my co-host Jay, essentially he picks a movie, then I pick a movie that's like related in the Netflix Instant, like, you know, when you pick a movie on an instant streaming, it'll say, you would like this also. And sometimes we'll go two or three deep in those suggestions and pick one and review it. Actually, the show started out for years, I was a guy that didn't know movies or gets to friends and we're talking and they eventually go around to movies. Adam, have you seen that? Like, No, haven't seen that. The show actually was going to start out as name something along the line of Adam doesn't know and Jay sits me down and makes me watch a movie and we talk about it. But more morphed the instant streaming because that would seem more fun and more open as a subject matter. So we're just celebrating everything that's on Netflix, the good, the bad, and usually trying to find some stuff off the main beaten path not big Hollywood blockbusters and trying to check out a lot of horror movies because that seems like a big genre that's being pushed on instant streaming lately. As a movie fan on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate yourself? i put myself up at about an 8, oh, eight and a half. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm not a hardcore. I like just about anything that's out there unless it's extremely just off-the-wall violence or just whatever. But I'm not going to poo-poo a movie just because it doesn't have this director or something in it.
1: Favorite directors?
0: Oh, I've been coming more of a fan of Don Costarelli lately after watching all those Phantasm movies and the Bubba Hotel. Have you seen
2: John Dies in the End yet?
0: I have not. There's a theater up the street for me. It's actually a coffee house of a theater in the basement that is showing it next week. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm going to go see that. Hopefully that's going to be good. I haven't read the book yet.
1: I think this year we're finally getting around to doing this, right? We're going to do the Don Coscarelli episode. Yes, because I am a major Phantasm fan. I love the Phantasm movies. The first one is a masterpiece, for us, I'm concerned.
2: I think the plan is we're going to do that with Des when we do our annual trip up north, so to speak.
1: And of course, many times we have praised Bubba Hotep as well as one of our favorite movies, The Beastmaster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one in forever. Oh my it god. Been a good...
1: If I'd never seen the Beastmaster again in life, I would be perfectly content because I have seen it maybe about 15 years. You're watching times. TBS, the Beastmaster Station. Oh my god. Yes. I swear, it seemed like every time I turned it on, the Beastmaster was on. I screamed what they do they ever show anything else? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh! God. Me back when I was in college,
2: I was part of an improvisational comedy troupe, and we were going to have a show on public access cable here in New York. And we were going to do a mock telethon. One of the s- sketches we came up with was one of us telling people what they could watch on other stations. And we were going to get a-, a dry erase board with Mark Singer's face on it, and we'd draw different things on it. So it's on Univision, El Mastro <laughs> on the Weather Channel. It's the weather at Beastmaster World. (laughs) 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 That's great.
1: Univision has passed NBC. Yes,
2: I wasn't sure if we were going to do a point five on that somewhere down the line or not. Yeah, we are. We have to. That's
1: fantastic,
2: especially after what's been going on with one of my favorite. Stupid shows of Oh, Smash Smash, where they brought it back With a new showrunner Three words that always Cause a chill to my heart What's that? New showrunner So they've taken out All the stupid Mm -hmm. So it's not super stupid anymore It's Mm -hmm. just stupid It's just plain
1: stupid Okay, But it still has McPhee So There is something to be said for that (laughs) Okay, so getting back to What allegedly this episode Is supposed to be about So Adam When you guys do your thing And you go in there And you're looking at The recommended stuff You just take whatever pops up when you go to whatever Netflix has recommended for you to watch
0: or do you jump around and say, okay, well, this doesn't look too good. This looks good. A lot of times we do that. It's just sometimes we'll pick a movie and then all that it will suggest to us. For some reason, is 18 different Disney animated features, even though we're trying to watch. Uh, what if we watched a couple of weeks ago? A crime thriller movie. Oh, no, crime thriller. Yeah, a time travel movie. And have, you ever, have y'all seen Time Crimes yet? Not yet. I watched the other one you recommended. You recommended Dream Dealer? Yeah, sleep Dealer, yeah. Yeah, I
1: watched that yesterday. That was a trippy movie, but
0: it was good. See, we picked out Time Crimes, and we were going through the list, and it was an animated movie, animated movie, nothing with time, nothing with time, nothing with crime. And then it was let's just type time travel in, and then scroll down the list and found that one, Sleep Dealer, which wasn't really time travel, but it was still in the kind of weird technological, mm-hmm. but just this side of super science kind of stuff happening, right. so we just went there. So usually trying to pick stuff that's suggested just because you know, there's some off-the-wall thing. Thing that's just Netflix exclusive, or was a very small release. Sometimes you just, we just have to call it. Now, why that's do you think good. some of these films end up on Netflix streaming? Really, I would imagine. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on, like the movie system or mm-hmm. the production system and stuff in countries. But I would imagine that this would be a good way to get your name out. I think uh, one episode, y'all guys are talking about. You can't just go and get a million dollars and make a movie right away. Well, you have to show somebody you mm-hmm. to work first, so you can make that low budget film. Get it on Netflix i thinking that this is a good way for like, new directors and producers and such to make a small low-budget film, get a pretty much instant worldwide release on Netflix streaming and spread your word and then go move on there to get bigger jobs to do. Well, this is always the one up,
2: we've talked about this before, one of the great upsides of this incredible increase in the level of technology of the last 10, 20 years, which is that it has democratized filmmaking. If you have a high-end video camera, you can make a movie and upload it and get it on Netflix and get it on YouTube and have a whole bunch of people watching it.
1: Yeah, and for me, Netflix streaming now, it actually reminds me a lot of back in the 70s and 80s when I used to go to 42nd Street and you had nothing but movie theaters on both sides of the street that had double and triple features. Mm-hmm. Well, Netflix is a lot like that, and that I can program my own double and triple features. If I want to watch three Kung Fu movies, this is <laughs> on Netflix. This we on Netflix. don't have to go to three Kung Fu movies all day. Right, exactly. I can just go on there if I want to watch three bi movies or three don't horror movies. Me up. It still cracks me up that theater was there for 20, 25
2: years and it had no title, it was just. Three Kung Fu Hits all yeah, the day. Yeah, three
1: Kung Fu movies. All day, all night, all the time. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was just off
2: the corner of 8th Avenue. And $3. And it was, it was $3. $3. Yeah. So it was just off the corner. Uh, sorry, 7th Avenue and... 7th, 7th Avenue, Street. right. You, you came off the train, train station. station and it was right there. It was just a little doorway. It wasn't even a big marquee. And there was like a little placard. Yeah. With the
1: three movies there. That and it was, was it. And on top it said, Three Kung Fu Hits all day. And that was it that was it for what a good 15 years yeah. that's all they showed kung fu mm-hmm. movies but that was the theater everybody went to on Saturday yeah. and you could find that place was packed on Saturdays <laughs> so what are some
0: of the hidden gems you found on Netflix instant streaming there Adam let's see I actually made a list up here for myself one of the ones I found actually right the first time I got Netflix it was Behind the Mask The Rise of Leslie <gasps> Vernon Oh. Which we have talked about before We love that film I never saw this in the theater But I wish I would have Just because the fact that It's like two, two movies in one mm-hmm. It's great There's this other one called Primer Have y'all seen this one? Where it, This is the
2: one about the three guys in the garage Trying to perfect time travel
0: Yeah It actually works Thing, And it's just a real cool I'm, How far back is this guy going to go To get what he wants I've watched cool.
1: that movie twice now and I'm still not wrapping my head around their concept of time travel in that movie. I said, I have to go back and I have to watch it again. Because it's a movie that you really do have to pay attention mm-hmm. to. It's not simple like a guy steps into a blue box and boom, right. he
0: goes to another. It's a whole complicated process yes. that goes on. Yeah, Because they have to be... Alive at the time to go back in time, and so they have to set themselves up with life support. It's pretty cool that way. A couple of these here are actually older movies that I know I would not have seen again on TV or anything because I don't have cable. First one is Blind Fury with Roger howard oh, oh yeah, I love that movie. When I was watching this with Jay, and I saw the ending sequence where little boy throws his little toy dinosaur off the thing. I was like, I've seen this movie when I was six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little kid, why is he throwing his dinosaur off? Oh wait, Uncle Nick got it. Good.
1: I actually remember seeing that movie on forty and guess what it was playing with and it had the same actress was in that movie too He-Man and Masters of the Universe oh my god now that was a hell of a double feature that day I'm telling you oh man Blind Fury was was the feathered
2: hair double feature yeah
1: and both movies had Meg Foster yeah
2: oh my goodness for some reason the scene that I always remember in Blind Fury is the one where Nick Cassavetes and his partner the two Hick henchmen mm-hmm. shoot up that one cable car and they're coming up to see if Rickerhauer is dead and Nick Cassavetti says damn that thing shot through more holes than the, the condom I used with your mom last night <laughs> <laughs> and there's some
1: choice dialogue in that and that movie was intended to be the first of a series because it was mostly yeah. based on the um, Satoshi yeah but I don't know what happened I guess it didn't make enough money yet. I don't know that's one of my favorite movies too every once in a while and I actually did that I found Blind Fury mm-hmm. and He-Man Masters of the Universe and I sat here one Saturday and I, w- I
0: watched them back to back like I did long long ago. Right, probably my favorite movie that I found off of here. Mm-hmm. Is, I'm pretty sure Derek likes this one. 1985's Life Force. Ooh. Naked Matilda vampires May. walking yeah, around Mat- London. Matil- Matilda Mays. Matilda
1: yeah, May. Matilda Mays, yeah. And her prestices. One of Patrick Stewart's earliest
0: roles. The one of Rent's first on-screen kiss. Which he got from a guy. Steve Rill's back Steve to R- <laughs>
1: That movie is just totally batshit insane. See, yes, that?
2: it is. Now, I know a lot of people have affection for it, but I remember seeing it in the theater and not liking it and thinking it was just dopey as all hell because then it's Matilda May. Possesses the redheaded woman who walks around in the see-through raincoat, and I think it's kind of the proof that every musician has one good song in them. Yeah, every filmmaker has one good film in them. Toby Hooper got his one good film out of the way right off the bat. Yeah, here's Texas Chainsaw,
1: and that was it. It was yeah. like after that, yeah, it was no. Yeah, I saw that in the theater, like you, and like you, I said. Well, what the hell was this crap about? Then I saw it years later, and I just watched it. And I said, this is okay if you just decide to feed into the craziness. You know know? know
2: who was originally going to play the... I'm assuming that this person was not going to be naked. Who was going to be the life force sucking vampire? Who was that? Billy Idol. It would have been a very 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 different different movie, movie. yes. (laughs) Thank God Matilda
1: was available. <laughs> and I don't think she's done anything. I, I don't know either, but who cares? We got Life Force. Get <laughs>
0: that in a loop. Yeah, word. Well, what are
1: we watching tonight, Life Force? <laughs> it's the Life Force channel. <laughs> I
0: would say another cool thing Netflix has really opened up is, you mentioned it a little bit ago, Tom, was the 30 by 30s. Oh, yeah. Those were put on. I watched one of those the other day. I'm probably going to add the rest of them on there. Watched the birth of Big Air, the one about the BMX biker, uh, Matt Hoffman. Yeah. Showed him a bunch of old uh, videos of him building that giant 30-foot ramp and going crazy. (laughs) with <laughs> The one that I think is, was the most informative
2: for me was the, the two Escobars. The documentary about Juan and Pablo Escobar, one of being, of course, a great soccer player, the other being a notorious drug uh, lord. great drug lord. <laughs> yeah. And they make a very strong argument for the fact that if Pablo Escobar had been alive, Juan Escobar would not have been murdered, because he went to the World Cup in America mm-hmm. in 95. And he scored an own goal, which is when you accidentally shoot your ball into your own goal. Because of that, the Columbia team lost the game and had to go home. But he was coming back from a nightclub, two guys accosted him, and he was trying to calm them down and they instead shot him to death.
1: They take this soccer very seriously yes. down there. Don't they have the army that come out for certain games and they yeah. have to ring the stadium and keep the people?
0: My god! I'm sure there's a lot of cool sort of documentaries you can find on streaming. My favorite documentary on here is actually um, Theremin and Electric Odyssey, the little sci-fi classic noise box that mm-hmm. you wave your hands around and say,
1: Those
2: two metal holes that you kind of manipulate with
1: Yeah, I've seen, I haven't seen the documentary I've yeah. heard of it, but I've seen the thing, you just wave your hand between the metal rods and it makes all of these weird science fiction sounds When I was doing music journalism, there was a band they still exist called Perubu, and I saw them live
2: once, and Dave Thomas, who is the lead singer, actually plays the theremin. Really? There was a little table mm-hmm. on the stage with the theremin on it, and every once in a while, he would wander over there and start doing the...
0: <laughs> but yeah this thing actually interviews the guy that invented it back in like the 30s in like Russia I believe it was he was developing it I think it was like some kind of spy device or something but turns out nothing you can do with spies with this sound
2: <laughs>
0: I you can just, just, just picture James Bond Bobby Wilson for the Beach Boys on here <laughs> and talking about it because yes. he just loved that sound I have to have this in my music I have to have it so the good vibration song yes. has this going through the entire song oh
1: that's a
2: third minute. Yes. I'm just oh, okay. picturing James Bond sneaking around a
1: villain's warehouse at each step a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why anybody would think that would be have any application in the field of espionage
0: <laughs> is baffling to me, but hey, I just go with it. <laughs> uh, maybe if you do it loud enough that somebody when you're interrogating them drive them crazy, I don't know. <laughs> That's a possibility. Do you know what this is? <laughs> make it stop! <laughs> I don't know. Netflix has done a lot for at least for me, at least opening up stuff that I would not have run across on my own, like this documentary we're talking about, a couple of these other movies. A lot of stuff overseas, the UK. There's a bunch of those uh, BBC shows and I, I think ITV shows, like The Inbetweeners and Little Britain. Have y'all seen that Little Britain yet? No. I've
2: seen some episodes of it because I had a Doctor Who f- fan friend who. You have to see this.
0: Tom Baker is the voice of God. Yeah, he's narrating the entire show, and he's just crazy. I'm not sure if they actually gave him a script or just told him to talk. (laughs) (laughs) I get the impression they just tell him to to talk. Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen a few interviews with Tom Baker. I think it was on one of the Doctor Who DVDs. He was Logopolis or something, and he's just eyes glazed over, just talking.
2: Did you ever hear the story that Shag tells about plays the Elf King in the first Dungeons and Dragons movie? Really? Apparently, when his agent called him and said you got the role of the Elf King, he thought he meant the Elk King, and he was really disappointed when he got on set to realize he wasn't getting antlers and tried to actually argue really? with the director wow. how much better this movie would be if you gave him a, a if pair you gave of antlers. Him a pair of antlers. Only Tom Baker. <laughs> it was. A, what was the name of the company? there was a British. Cell phone company. You know how, like, you have those services here where, like, you can call a number and a voice will, like, read your email to you? Yeah. Uh, They introduced a service like that in Great Britain for one of the, the cell phone companies and got... Tom Baker to do the voice messages. Oh, man. They had a site that was up for a while where you could go and you could feed anything in that you wanted to to have Tom Baker speak it to you. And they had the Arlie Ermy speech from Full Metal, Full Metal Jacket. Jacket. Do you want to hear Tom Baker do this?
1: Click on this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would love that. I wish I could have Tom Baker doing my message. <laughs> <laughs> it would are, you be kid- are you kidding me? Sound a lot better than the one I got on there now. How many movies do you have in your Netflix? Instant queue, just out of oh. curiosity, because I've got 93 and I think that's too many. Yeah. But I know I have friends of mine that tell, oh man, that's nothing.
0: I've got 200 on my what? Current calendar, let me pull it up. My Instant queue has 252 Good God. On separate titles, and I'm sharing that with Christina, so just part of this is hers, part of this is mine, and, but most of it's mine. And my DVD queue, I still get DVDs, it's because there's some stuff that gets taken off instant before I can get around to watching it and I want to watch it. My DVD queue has 274 titles on it. Whew. Good Lord.
1: Now let me ask you a question before we, I want to go back to that, but I'm going to jump around a little bit here. The main argument I hear from people who say that they don't like streaming is invariably it's the same thing. Streaming doesn't have the new titles and that's all I want to watch. Do you think that's a valid complaint for people to not get the streaming?
0: It is. If you need to see it right then and there, you should just do discs or go to the theater. But with Netflix, is just like the Blockbuster Video Store. When those were still around, you just still have to wait for it to come out. You couldn't just go to Blockbuster the day of release of a movie in the theater and go pick it up. So I'm patient. I can wait for a movie to come on streaming or on disc. But if I really want to see it, I go see it at the theater. Yeah,
1: see, I'm pretty much that same way. I'm patient. I can wait. I don't necessarily have to see it the day it comes out. But I talk to so many people and I tell them, oh yeah, well I love streaming. I love streaming. They say, well, no, I don't like it. Well, why? Well, all it's got is old stuff. But a lot of that old stuff is good. And as far as I'm concerned, you can't beat it for watching TV shows like yeah. Cold Jack, the Night Stalker. Well, I think or... I would assume that the good thing about streaming is it allows
2: you to kind of pick and choose. Right. You want to watch... Colchak to use your thing. You can go and grab an episode. Yeah. Whereas with me, I have to have the disc, which it tells me which episode. I can't decide I want to watch Horror in the Heights. I have to start with The Ripper. Mm. I have to start with the first episode. See, just for the record.
1: Yeah, how many, uh.
2: I got my yeah. Netflix queue up. I am at... this is just discs. at 244. However, keep in mind that a bunch of that is Millennium discs, because I'm going to be doing that thing with Desk, where we're going to go through the whole series of Millennium, Mm -hmm. episode by episode. A bunch of it is 30 for 30s, and I got the... Complete Prisoner I've got 30 Days The Morgan Spurlock TV Yeah show he Yeah did for I think it was A&E Before a Went Totally Insane
1: uh, No he did that for FX Cause I know Cause I watch that show Every week faithfully yeah. I, I love that show I've got Days. the
2: Complete Series Of the live action Tick Cause I've never seen it And I'm just curious uh, It's a lot of fun
1: You're more curious than I am Plus I've got a whole crap load of stuff being waited for. The save discs. Well, I'm a piker compared to you guys. All I've got is 93. And actually, there's a whole lot that I just took off of my instant queue last night because I was never going to get to it. But right now, I'm getting through Life on Mars. This the, is the Ameri- American version? This is the American version because they're going to take it off first of next month. So I haven't seen this since it was originally shown. Yeah. So I wanted to watch it again. Lily Hammer, I haven't gotten to that yet. Cuffs. One of my favorite movies with Christian Slater. i never um, understand that, but...
2: What, Cubs? No, I will never understand why you... Consider Cuff such a great film. Like a lot of people I know consider. It's not just because Milia Jovovich is running around in her underwear, is it?
1: Well, that's partly it. Uh, don't ask me why, but it's one of those movies that I like to say it plays like a TV pilot on steroids. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, that works with this movie. I, don't ask right. me why. But it is. You look at it, you say, well, this is a pilot for a TV show. What else do I have? I have Merlin. Not the TV series, which I can't stand. This is the one with Sam O'Neill playing Merlin. Okay, so it's like a TV movie or something? Yeah, this was a two part thing. Miller's Crossing, oh, what so else? So you got the Mission Impossible set? Once Upon a Time, I want to watch that. Uh, Red State? Oh, Red State, yeah.
0: Kept a Smith one for a couple years back? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What else do I have here? Scrubs. I came into Scrubs
0: late. I came in about fourth oh. or fifth season. So I want to start watching that right from the beginning. That's the thing I like about Netflix is they have all eight seasons of something on there. Like I'm tearing through Futurama and um, King of the Hill right now. Right. And it's a half hour episode or 22 minutes out the commercials. Okay. All right. Officially, there's how a many seasons? It's an good of, upward thing to put on. Okay.
2: How many seasons of King of the Hill did exist before they decided to call it a day? I'm so checking here. Says 13 seasons here. Wow, 19, 2008. Oh. And I think the reason it lasted so long is because people kind of forgot it was on. You and I have talked in the past about Bobby. Oh, Bobby, know, Hill. That's, Bobby Hill. Bobby
1: Hill is one of my favorite TV characters of all time. Bobby Hill, to me, made that show a lot of time. And, of course,
2: Mumble's illegitimate son, Boomhauer.
1: Oh, Boomhauer was cool. Yeah. Boomhauer is the <laughs> man. The one thing that I could just never figure out about King of the Hill is why it was animated. That could very easily have been a live action. There wasn't anything that they did you know that what you I would expect from The Simpsons or American Dad.
2: I think it was because people still thought of Mike Judge as an animator and not as even though his first live-action film was a big cult hit. Was it Office Space? Office Space, yeah. I think that people were more comfortable with him as an animator. One of the funniest movies of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Even Mike Judge has admitted, and he kind of realized... The premise he started with, he mm-hmm. couldn't go anywhere with, so he just came up with a new story on the spot, which is the whole thing about the computer thing. Yeah. He set up the premise of, okay, I'm perpetually hypnotized, so I, I don't care that I'm at work. Just totally relaxed. What can I do with that? Yeah. It's
1: got a limited time limit. Yeah, but King of the Hill, and I'm still amazed it went that long, but it was a very high-quality show. I hate to say it, animated. It was real
0: characterizations. Mm-hmm. The character developed. I still hate Peggy Hill. Oh. oh gosh, I can't stand listening to her. I'm only in I think, season three now. Every time she tries to put that little Spanish accent on anything, it just me. Oh my god. You
1: look at her and you just want to say to Hank, just smack her. Please, just once in a while, man. Because <laughs> you look at Hank and sometimes you know that's what he want to do. He just wants to, oh my god.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Yes. <laughs> well, I can tell, they, like you said, this could be uh, the real humanization and characterization of the stuff. There's episodes I watching last night and he walked out of the room and says, hey, I will just talk to your mom and then you know, I was thinking about something else and I realized to do this instead. That's what Good Hank, and one reason that I like him is that he's a guy
1: that's really saddled with a family he doesn't understand. Right? He does not understand one person that he loves. Him, I like, tell you, what. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> I don't understand none of them.
2: But well, that's where a lot of the humor came from—the fact yeah. that he was trying to bond with Bobby constantly, but had no, no, clue. there was no common ground, no, no and clue you had how two to people it. who loved each other, but.
1: Bobby might as well have been a space alien to him. Yeah, I don't care. Bobby's just so much fun to watch. Whatever he does, it just cracks me up. And one of my favorite episodes is the one It actually made me choke up. The one where Luanne's boyfriend comes back from the dead. And she's got the trampoline, and that's where they meet, and he's an angel. And it's just, I don't know, something about that episode chokes me up every day. It gets me, bump, 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 right here. I'm turning to old Softie in my yeah. old
2: age. Talking about these TV shows, this is something that... That's what saved Smash. Okay. The fact that it was so strong in the aftermarket. The ratings it had and its initial airing was very small, but the people downloading it from Hulu and Netflix and iTunes in the days afterwards convinced NBC that they had something here.
1: Okay, there's something else that I wanted to get to with Adam while I got him here Mm -hmm. with my hands figuratively around his throat. (laughs) The big thing now, it seems, with Netflix is that we've heard how they're going to put the cast of Arrested Development back together again and produce new seasons. Netflix is going to produce new seasons. Oh, they've already done The House of Cards and the other one about the gangster. Lilyhammer. Den- Lily they're already doing that. Do you think that this is something that's going to catch on with them producing their own original series?
0: I would like to think so. I would imagine they have more freedom to do stuff because mm-hmm. it's not having to deal with the, the advertisers and stuff, the product placement stuff. It really wouldn't have to be in there because it's Netflix funding its own thing, so it would kind of keep a tight story in would be nice to see. I'm, honestly, I haven't watched any of those shows that they've uh, produced themselves. Lily Hammer or um, House of Cards yet, but they're on my queue.
1: Because House of Cards, I said, well, because, of course, there's got Kevin Spacey.
0: Right. I said, and well, it's well, David Fincher. And, yeah, David
1: Fincher directed the first three episodes. I said, well, let me just check out the first three just to see what it was like. Next thing I knew, the day was gone because I just kept watching one episode after the other.
2: And, and this was interesting because they, they released the Third, entire the first s- season. The
1: entire season. Right
0: there. Boom. Because I understand Lively Hammer was released like an episode a month or something like that. Mm. Slow, so House Cards was everything all at once. Yeah,
1: I think it's a move that really pays off in the long run. Because if you're a person like me, occasionally I just like to binge on a TV series Mm -hmm. like Weeds. My wife keeps telling me to watch Weeds. Oh, you got to see Weeds. I've never seen Weeds. And I like being able to just sit and watch an entire season in one day. That's about all usually I have time for before my body starts shutting down and say, listen, go to bed. (laughs) But I actually like doing this. I was watching on the news the other day, and they're actually now saying that there are people that binge watch TV series on Netflix and then they fall into a depression afterwards Mm -hmm. because now there's enough you know I want to see more
2: yeah (laughs) uh, why does it have to be over now now,
1: what's (laughs) the most obscure
0: TV show that you've come across on streaming oh it had to be Trailer Park Boys Uh. I came across that about two years ago and watched through all 180 episodes or whatever's available in there two weeks
1: I love Trailer Park Boys I am it, it, unfamiliar with this thing. Oh man, it's hilarious. You gotta see this thing.
0: Yeah. They did a couple of movies too. Yeah, I've only seen one of them. I think it was Countdown to Liquor Day or something. Yeah. I didn't mean to check the rest of those out. I actually saw a lot their live show last year. Really? It was pretty funny. Really?
1: Yeah, Countdown to Liquor Day, I think that's the one that wraps up the whole series.
0: Yeah. I think that was the last one, yeah. What I like about the show is I'm a big fan of the Kids in the Hall, which is on stream oh, also. Oh so god, I'm yes, watching I love bits and pieces episodes of there are my favorite things, but Turtle Park Boys reminds me of a Kids in the Hall episode where instead of eight sketches, it was one sketch that took out the entire episode. (laughs) Okay, Adam, since you're a Kids in the Hall freak, I gotta ask. Which writing slash
2: acting team did you prefer? Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald, or Mark McKinney and Scott Thompson? I like my Scott Thompson. Okay, I love Scott Thompson. One of my favorite sketches was the, the shitty soup sketch. Yes. When he finally comes out and confirms, yes, I'm the fag.
0: Yes. I think that was the third episode of the series. Well, that was
2: the last episode of season one where they didn't know they were going to be picked up, so they decided to put every offensive sketch they could think of. That's that one that also features the Dr. Seuss Bible? Oh, yes.
0: That one was genius.
2: Kind of. <laughs> it seemed to have become a tradition because you look at the four seasons, because there's only four seasons, right? I think. I think there's five, not downstairs. have actually bought all the box sets as right. they came out a years ago from Best Buy. And it's like every, five seasons. the end of every season ends with an episode that's designed to be the most offensive episode they can come up with at the time.
0: Yeah, I'm watching some of the cut things on the special features, yeah. there's some stuff that didn't get aired that... I, oh God, and I
2: still remember the final sketch of the final season. It was like a really quick blackout of Bruce McCullough and I think it was Mark McKinney playing a father and son looking at a TV set, and Bruce McCullough's going, what's Hitler doing to my donkey? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and there's a bit where the um, Heart and Hearts company goes out of business or gets sold out yeah. and they have to turn into wigs. <laughs> So the one time you see them pull their wigs off in drag, and they're sitting there having to turn it into security. It was pretty funny. But my favorite sketch of the whole thing was, what was it, Gavin, the little boy? I think it was Bruce McCullough's character that just explains everything ad nauseum and just talks nonsense all the time. What did you think of Brain Candy? I enjoyed it.
2: I did, too. I, I think that there are days that I think that it was wise that they stayed away from many of the characters.
1: This was the movie version that Yeah, did, was, uh, it, of it the was t- several okay. years
2: ago because from what I understand the group kind of broke up acrimoniously at the end of the, the TV show. Mm-hmm. But they had been contracted to do this movie. Bruce McCullough is hardly even in it because he didn't want to be around the others.
0: Yeah, I think he was just playing the
2: rock star. The rock star guy, and he
0: plays Cancer Boy. He did even Yeah, I, I have think- that movie was The End Grumpy Cab Driver Yes And like, everybody's Hooked on the Lisa Mill or something yeah. I think It was called Heavy Pills Right He's the only one Not taken He's like I used to think I was a son of a bitch and Now I know I <laughs> you know am The, the, the only bitch, bitch.
2: <laughs> My mother used to Sing me a song It said Life is shit <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> they used to show that on comedy central yeah, oh, but it was cut time. To ribbons. oh man that's the problem is those episodes it was only from the first season and they were cut to
1: ribbons well see that's probably why i never got their humor because yeah. they were cut so much because i said well let me watch this and see what it's like it just went over my head but then i found out later on that those episodes were heavily edited see and my favorite character
2: In the entire series With Sir Simon Milligan And his manservant Hecuba Oh yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) You sound like Homer Simpson
2: (laughs) Okay Kevin MacDonald Okay Who is the really tall one With the weird eyes And the black curly hair I'll take your word for it Okay Played Sir Simon Milligan. He was evil. That was his shtick. He was a mystic evil guy. And he had this mystic servant, manservant Hecubus, Mm -hmm. who was played by Dave Foley in a very ill-fitting body stocking. And I guess what you would call Tim Burton makeup. So far, and they would you. do these really. Like, he, one episode they try to hypnotize Mark McKinney, and he can't remember the trigger phrase, so he keeps coming up with things like, You are now a chicken! Shut up! You had to be there. You had to be there, yes. But Adam knows, Adam knows. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then they had to call in that call back later on in the episode. It's insane. Where he calls the guy up mm. at his work and goes, You are now a chicken! It's <laughs> just.
1: <laughs> You had to be there, folks. And he would stay.
2: Oh, yeah, so we got Trailer Park Boys. What other... Do they do a lot of, like, Canadian? And
0: you mentioned that they do a lot of BBC stuff. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of Canadian television series other than Trailer Park Boys, Mm -hmm. but I honestly haven't been seeking it out. Have you seen that show, The Inbetweeners, or Skins?
2: Oh, Skins, the infamous show that gave the world that Janet Montgomery woman that we both hated on The Human Target. Oh, my God. No, I don't know anything about Skins. And thank God... Made in Jersey disappeared in about two episodes. Made in Jersey, what was that? That was Janet Montgomery's starring vehicle that was on CBS this season never even heard they were of giving it a big push Kyle McLaughlin was this New York City lawyer who was impressed with Janet Montgomery who was this Jersey lawyer and makes her a partner in his firm he was a holy fool comedy where he was the unsophisticated Jerseyite in amongst the
1: financial district hoi polloi she was in it I'm not surprised oh, it got she was pulled so fast and they pulled that other one I think it was two episodes and they pulled what was one? that one about the doctor with the split personality oh, do you know one what? episode one episode easily one crow. it was that bad but the funny
2: Thing is, is that you're going to get? And I'm still surprised that the following stays on. Mm.
1: If ever there was a bag of stupid, did you notice it took them three episodes before they killed the brother? Yeah, <laughs> three episodes. Yes. I said, I knew it. F- S- sooner or later, well, they I'm had to
2: kill. Him. They had to kill off Liam Neeson's daughter first. Who was Liam Neeson's daughter? Maggie Grace.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You know, they yeah. They had yeah, to yeah. kill off
2: Bryant's. Br- See now, now if they were smart. Lee and Nisa would show up the next season. I don't know who you are. Where's my daughter? Yeah. But they you've was... killed my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I have a very special set of skills.
1: But you want to know the thing about that show? What? The most interesting characters is the crazy people at the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. That's what the show. Everybody talks about how the little skinny chick... Yeah. Now the relationship and interplay between them three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, that's what I'm watching. See, I stopped after episode three.
2: I stopped after the episode where the woman comes and goes. I was married to the guy who's setting fire to people, and he tried to stab me. And we saw the little clip of her being stabbed. And you just knew she. You knew she was in on it. Yeah.
1: Because Patricia and I were sitting here, and we were watching it, and, she, and Patricia, well, what's up with that? I said, oh, she's in on it. And Are I'm you- sorry, I think somebody should show up to Kevin Williams' house every morning and kick him in the ass for this. And also, I think that the young FBI agent who worships Kevin Bacon, yeah, I think he's in on it, too. See, I think it's Anna Parisi. Who? The cult expert. No, that's too easy. No, but this is a
2: show that's so stupid, it thinks easy is smart. I'll give you that. I gave up after episode three, and
1: I said, never again. No, I'm still hanging in there. But I agree with you that the longer it goes, the stupid it gets. Because even one of the characters in the episode says, you guys are the FBI. Why aren't you? (laughs) And, And what's the
2: name of that unit that Jack Bauer used to work for? CTU, they should just look at that FBI agent and see... Man, you guys are dumb. Yo, oh boy. You look at the... User. This is the FBI? <laughs> well, my theory is, is that all the functionally
0: retarded FBI agents get set to this one unit. Yeah, it's that bad. It's I'm terrible. Sorry. Christina is watching through Monk now, and I enjoy Tony Shalhoub. He's a you know, fun little actor, but the people around him that are supposed to be investigating stuff are complete idiots
2: have to be, because how else yeah. will Monk be the brilliant person that saves everybody?
0: Yeah, that's true, but there's this one guy, it's not the chief, it's the chief's second in command <laughs> that's always there with him. Yeah. He's constantly stepping in the body, or knocking stuff over, or just completely screwing everything up. How has this guy not been fired or taken to court <laughs> or something? <laughs> He's always
1: like, messing up evidence. But then again, you're watching the show for more. That's really right. what you're watching it for. I loved him. And what was the woman that played his first assistant, Biddy Shram? I never liked the assistant he got after her. She just didn't seem very, I don't know, but then again, you're watching the show for Mark. You're looking to see him go through his little ticks, and then in the last five minutes of the show,
0: explain how the killer did the thing. Shows like that, I like those too. I think it was uh, Lie to Me with Tim Roth that was on streaming. See, last I, I even though they interfered with that show in the last season,
2: I really, really like that show. Tim I Roth
0: mean, is one of my favorite actors, yeah. so I watched it mainly for him. But the whole theory on micro expressions and stuff was really interesting to me. I'm not sure if it's real or not, but I don't really care to look it up to well Andy, ruining was, the show. It is apparently real. The principal was real. Mm-hmm.
2: What was the name of that woman? Was it Kelly something or other?
1: Who was the female lead on that show? Don't ask me. You know what? You know, you know what I'm talking about, Adam. Right? Really I've never seen an episode of that show, believe it or not. The reason I bring her up is that that woman is one of the
2: luckiest women on television. Because nobody likes her. I hated her in the practice. I hated her in ME, medical examinations, which lasted right after, she, right after the practice ended. Mm-hmm. And I hated her in this. Lara Flynn Boyle? Not Lara no. Flynn Boyle. No, this is the one, the girl that was in the practice. She married Bobby. She's oh yeah! Oh, actually sad. I can't stand. Yeah, face. I know who you. T- I can't stand that broad. Yes, at least with Jennifer Morrison, right? Okay, Jennifer Morrison. I couldn't stand in House, but when I saw her in other things, where she got a chance to, I don't know, smile and show emotion. Yeah, I was okay. I, I can dig
1: this. She's on Once Upon a Time now, and I don't know. It seems to me she's always going to be perpetually cursed to never be the hottest chick on any show <laughs> that she's on. It's sad, but true. Yeah. <laughs> so well, we were talking about yeah. Lying to Me. That's how, That's how we, kind of... we got to
2: Jennifer Morrison and her sad face. Because we were oh. talking about that other woman with her sad face. Right. <laughs> Although, I like the other character I really, really liked on that show, and I thought she was kind of wicked hot, was the Latina
0: uh, assistant. Oh, the one they picked up in the first episode yeah. at the airport. who was a TSA agent. Mm-hmm. The instinctual one. The one who yeah. was doing this instinctually. It's is this on streaming now, Adam? Lie me. Let me check and see. I'm not sure because I would actually like to watch do some more of this. Because I have
1: never seen, and much as I like Tim Roth, yeah. it amazes me. I just have never seen an episode of that show.
0: Yes, it is on the instant streaming. I mean, and I believe there is. There was three seasons. Three seasons. Yep. Forty-eight yeah. episodes. It
2: was curious because it was obviously a show that the people at the front office
0: at Fox said, "Get me another house." Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of that. Because you get your setup, and then you right. get them deliberating and arguing with each other, and you got your troubled lead there with I can't remember what kind of problem Tim Roth had other than just being a little crazy about his uh, yes, his wife or something. He like misdiagnosed, yes. which is
2: played by Jennifer
0: Beals, I think. Yeah, I believe yes. so.
2: Cool. Yeah, and there is a Veronica Mars connection because they had Dohring show up once or twice. Has a very disturbed young man, let's put it that way. OK. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is still lie to me. Yes. And that was another show, although this was another show kind of like person of interest, where they introduced a cop character who wasn't an idiot. Okay, they
1: had the bad taste to kill him off, and he was a brother. Well, what do you expect? <laughs> At least I give the following credit that they waited till the third episode. <laughs> well,
2: like I said, they
1: had to
0: kill off Maggie Grace. <laughs> Did somebody else die too in there? It's been a while since I watched it, and I'm taking so much input. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, no, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Uh, moment.
2: I think there was another character they killed off before they killed off the brother in, in episode three of the following. Ah, it's like chewing gum after that. the flavor goes, I'd spit it out. I'm sorry, Kevin Williamson should be kicked in the ass daily. You're now doing the things that you mocked back in the 90s.
1: And what amazes me is that people are talking about, oh, this is great, this is groundbreaking. No, it's not. It's the only thing that is kind of groundbreaking is the level of violence for network TV. Yeah, now this looks like something that I would expect to see on
2: FX. Although, to be fair, maybe this is on my mind because I'm doing this project with Des. The level of violence is about concurring with that level of violence that we saw in the first couple of seasons of the X-Files of Millennium
1: yeah I don't know maybe I've just gotten jaded speaking of being jaded
0: Adam I gotta thank you for recommending something I watched just yesterday what's that Justice League Doom oh yeah that was a fantastic adaptation of the Mark was a Mark Wade yeah. story me and Tom
1: have ranted and raved about this before and we're probably gonna rant and rave again if they want to do a Justice League movie so badly just put Justice League Doom in the theaters right cause that was about just as although it was weird and you know how much I I love the new frontier and the one that you, the the crisis crisis of two earths and okay. First of all, have you seen it yet? No, it's the
2: first of the new 52 retroactive movies. So I refuse to see it.
1: No it's not What are you talking
0: about It features the new 52 lineup Kind of The root story Had Classic Man And Aquaman And everybody else in there and Oh cause Cyborg is in this one yeah. Cyborg Oh okay yeah
2: And it's Hal Jordan And
1: Barry Allen As yeah. opposed
2: to Wally West And Kyle Rayner
1: But if you didn't know Anything about the 52 Cause me I just watched it Cause Adam yeah. He was talking about it and I said okay Well let me watch Cause I had, had it on my queue For so long So I watched that And I watched Superman versus The <sighs> Elite mm-hmm. Yesterday And I watched Justice League Doom, And I said yeah, This is damn good Now the reason yeah. I won't see Superman vs is because I hated
2: that story. I really hated that story when it appeared in the comics.
1: You want to know the problem I had with that? What? Considering the subject matter that they're doing and the language, which kind of surprised me in the Superman story, it's very cartoony artwork. It's very simplistic and it's jarring with what's going on on the screen, and what these characters are talking about. There's some pretty blatant sexual references. Yeah. And it was a, whoa, hey, ho, tone it down. But it's it's a very cartoony style of artwork, and it just doesn't, Make I don't so. know, yeah. They would have did better going for a much more realistic type of artwork. Notwithstanding,
0: it was good. It wasn't all-star Superman good, but I enjoyed it. I think they chose that softer, like I'll say, fingers in quotes here, softer art style, just to try and soften up the subject matter. And yeah, the language was—I think I heard Superman say something about "I'm going to kick your ass" at some point. Yeah,
2: our good friend Michael Bailey, yeah, biggest Superman fan of the world, mm-hmm. even he, he admits the new Fifty Two Superman is a dick. Okay. He would say something like, I'm going to kick your ass. And I think that these later products, except for stuff like Dark Knight Returns, which is considered Else Elseworlds, they are kind of trying to make these newer products concurrent with the New 52 versions of the characters. Right. Which is why we get
1: Superman being a dick. Well, in this one, he's not so much a dick. It's just that I wonder how many parents are letting their kids watch it and they've seen the cartoon mm-hmm. style. And they said, oh, yeah, well, this is nice. And, but yet it's Superman and... Manchester Black discussing who should live and die and talking about killing all supervillains. Then you got a scene where the atomic skull. His skull gets blasted apart. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty intense. This isn't a movie that I would give to my nephew and say, okay, well, this is a nice little quiet Superman romp. Go and watch it. It's not that type of movie. But Justice League Doom, I have to say that overall, I've been very pleased with their Justice League movies. But if Warner Brothers is looking for a Justice League movie, they should Mm -hmm. put
0: Justice League Doom in the theaters tomorrow. Oh, yeah, it'd make a ton. I I would like to see it in the big screen. Watching it on a little computer screen... Probably missed a couple things. It might look great large. Yeah, it did. Trust me. I watched it on my TV screen and it looked great large. Between
1: that and the New Frontier, it's not that hard to write these things. What is the problem? Uh, What, they fired the guy who wrote the screenplay for Justice League movie and they they said, nah, this isn't what we're looking for. (laughs)
2: Well, for me, it, it is indicative of the fact DC wants Avengers money,
1: but they don't want to wait the five years. Yeah. That it took to build the excitement. That's what it is. They're scared that this is going to go away and they're not going to make Mm -hmm. Avengers money. When they made Avengers, they knew it was going to make that type of money because they took the five years to build up to it. They said, listen, there's an event coming. And when we say event, that's exactly what we mean. And for once... We got exactly what they said we were going to get. Mm-hmm. They got a guy with a plan, Josh Whedon. They had John Favreau. Oh, right. They had guys that had, this is where we're going to start at, and this is where we're going, well, and I this mean, is how we're going to get here. The person deserves the credit is
2: Kevin Feige. Yeah, him too, yeah. You know, the producer of this. Right, said, we don't want to leave him. Let's get the best directors for each of these properties, get out of their way let them make the movie they want within the parameters that we set up let's not keep our fingers in there and saying no you can't do that you can't do that so so we don't get sludge like we got with green lantern and keep one building on another and creating these little connective tissue to create this coherent universe that mm-hmm. we've got and now we've got this fully created universe and now we're going out walking into the weirder parts of it
1: this is something that touches on what you said years ago warner brothers has this thing and this goes back to batman and robin warner brothers has this obsession that whatever superhero property that they bring to street, it's got to have a lot of toys to yeah. go with it which is why we got jonah hex toys yeah, and it's why they're canceling Young Justice and Green yeah. Lantern, the animated si- because the toys aren't selling. Even though the two shows are the highest rated shows that Cartoon Network has, but they're canceled. Why? Well, the toys aren't selling. They have this obsession that, yes, we've got to sell toys along I don't know. It's gotta be toyetic. Yes.
0: Speaking of Cartoon Network, looking at saw a headline somewhere that a lot of their older, I would say older, like stuff from the mid-90s and t- early 2000s cartoons are supposed to be coming to streaming in the middle of next month. Like? I believe I heard Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab, and also the Adventure Time show that I've not seen yet, so I'm very excited to at least try the first episode or two out of that. I've seen
1: commercials for Adventure Time. I look at, it, I say, I don't know. No, but Dexter's Lab? Now, yes, I want to see Dexter's. I love Dexter's Lab.
0: Yep. Is it Getty or Gindy Getty, Tardavashi. I think that the, the later one. Yeah. Any of those shows that they touch? Is it he or she? I never looked it up. The, it's a he. Any of the shows that he touched, I enjoyed. So, really looking forward to those. Just reliving those a lot.
1: Yeah, Samurai Jack.
0: Oh, man, Samurai Jack was the best, (laughs) my favorite cartoon. And just the stuff they did in that for a Saturday morning cartoon, you never see again. There's a couple episodes there, there's no speech at all. It's just all mood music and him having to be quiet and sneak around and do stuff. But you never see that in a Saturday morning cartoon ever.
1: And they just took Samurai Jack with no warning at all. Which is a pattern Cartoon Network has. They just, one day you just turned it on, Samurai gone. Jack was gone. Well, what happened to it? That's it. It's just over and done. But yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> and do you know that this guy, he did an entire Star Wars Clone
0: Wars series that apparently George Lucas has disavowed. Yes, I remember that. Well, that one was great. That was the the web episodes it was like right 5-minute clips that I got DVD somewhere where it's all been put together. It's an hour and a half, and it's great. Right, yeah. Cartoon Network, after they did the webisodes,
1: they put them all together. And once they put them together, they'd be like an hour movie. In. But apparently, George Lucas has disavowed that. Boom, it's gone. Can't watch it anymore, because as we know, George Lucas thinks he's
0: God. It's in the same vault along with the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> well, see, I can't see how he would disavow that, because there's a sequence in the Clone Wars cartoon that plays into the third prequel movie very heavily.
1: Well, according to what I've read, they said that, no, George Lucas says he doesn't consider that to be canon any longer, as he now considers the Clone Wars series that's on now, he considers that to be mm-hmm.
0: canon. That supersedes anything, which he's moving to Disney, by the way. Well, yeah, Disney bought them all out. Yeah. I'll do what you want. I'll have my own internal canon that I'll believe for myself. Yeah.
1: This Clone Wars series, I stopped watching after the second or third season because there's nothing happens in this show. This is the pure animated one, right? Yeah. It's a lot of action. But literally nothing happens <laughs> You've never seen a show where there's more shit blowing up And more fight at it, But nobody dies The character is exactly the same as they are from You could jump in and watch any episode And you'd be fine Even somebody that doesn't like Star Wars like you You could jump in anywhere and you'd be
2: fine Hey, I created my own Star Wars character so Yeah, you did You gotta at least give me credit for that
1: Oh yeah, played by Jason Statham, Statham That's right
2: I don't think I've heard about this. What is it now? He's in the most recent episode as of this date,
1: 144.5. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got lightsaber brass knuckles. <laughs> nice. I'd like to be Just a little bit more in close. <laughs> Jason Statham coming to Star Wars crank this <laughs> summer. <laughs> Oh lord We sat up here We had a whole plot And
2: everything For the whole woman <laughs> Which of course Involved among other things Him nailing Amy Smart In the middle Of the most eyes
0: Of the Absolutely <laughs> <laughs>
1: It gets faster and faster Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah
0: a little bit back to Netflix here um, what drew you two guys into wanting to give that a shot was it just the lack of video rentals or nostalgia and wanting to watch other things that you haven't seen in a while
1: For me the thing I liked about Netflix was of course the convenience I don't have to go out to the video story which I always hated because I always ended up taking movies back late and I just like being able to program my own double and even triple features if I want to and it does have a wealth of old movies from the 70s and 80s which right. I like watching I know a lot of people don't like, oh man, that's old stuff, but I've been surprised at certain movies that i find. and movies I literally have not seen since Mm -hmm. I saw them originally on 42nd Street. I look and I say, oh man, this Detroit 9000. I gotta Mm -hmm. see that, or across 110th Street. Right. Uh Netflix has pretty much killed the
2: video store for the same reason that Amazon, it looks like, is killing the terrestrial bookstore, which is that Netflix can carry so much more in its library. There's still stuff that that's missing and we've come across this twice in our obscure movies episode mm-hmm. the last two years. I've talked about a film where I've not been able to find it on Netflix but other than those rare exceptions there's so many things and particularly for a show like what Derek and I do where we're, do, we're jumping all around the Hollywood map. It's nice to be able to say okay we're doing Alan Rudolph so let me grab this film, this film, this film, right. this film and re-familiarize myself okay we're doing Richard Kelly okay let me take down all three of his films
1: there you go it's like being in a candy store It's an invaluable resource for what we do and If you are a real movie fan Especially they have a lot of the movie serials From the 1930s right. Flash Gordon, Spy Smasher They've got silent movies As a matter of fact, on my instant Cube now I found that the French slang Masterpiece, Spies Which I haven't seen in years And this is the movie that was the precursor Of James Bond and all these other things like that The Phantomas right. series That's on stream It's stuff that I couldn't find anywhere else And that's why I like Netflix. And if you're a person like me who likes watching old stuff, I don't mind watching because I go by that old saying, well, any newspaper you haven't read is a new newspaper. Well, any movie I haven't seen is a new movie to me. I don't care when it was made. If it was made in 1925 or 2013, Mm -hmm. if I haven't seen it, it's a new movie to me. End of
0: sermon. I will say every episode that I listen to you guys, your show, I probably add two or three movies that y'all talk about. I can blame you for my high <laughs> instant cue <EQ> and DVD <laughs> It's
2: our fault.
0: Yes, it is. It's our fault. But that's good. But that's what we're here for. We're
1: here to do it. And that's why I like listening to your podcast because I come away from I say, oh, that, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me add this to my queue and let me watch this. So, yeah, man, you're performing a
2: wonderful service, too. So, Adam, we're going to start wrapping up here. Can you recommend, for somebody who's interested in, in diving into the Netflix streaming pool, three films that you think The average person would enjoy and convince them to keep going with the streaming. Three films. Three films
0: or television series? Some combination of them. Q here. I've I've obviously spoken about King of the Hill beforehand. Um, That's just a nice, fun show that most everybody's watched. You can watch through all of that. Just completion for that. Movie wise, let's see here. There's a bunch. Basically, any sci fi movie is on there. There's this crazy one called The Apple if you want to just.
1: Oh my god! Let's have a minute of silence for The Apple. Definitely. Uh, 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 minute of silence, out of respect for The Apple. Okay. All right. The Apple is a movie, and Adam, I know how much he loves it. You love it, I love it. I don't care what anybody says. You need to see The Apple at least one time. It's effing insane. <laughs> yes, there, yes, it is. There is no way, folks, that you can properly appreciate the level of insanity of this movie unless you sit down and watch it yourself. It's right
2: up there with some things like Soul Vengeance and The Seventh Curse. And
1: Jim Carter.
2: And Jim Cotter where you have not lived until you've seen it. <laughs> where, just so that you could sit there with your mouth open going, I have not seen that before. <laughs> Let me check in the story of my life. No, this is a new experience. <laughs> oh man, I love that
1: movie. <laughs> Which is so
2: rare now, especially that we've got in this Hollywood that we have where, to, to use a simile that a friend of mine used, you now have only the upper writ and the, the poorest poor. You don't have a middle class movie left. It's either really, really shouty or really, really small. Right. That middle class is when you got your Buckaroo Banzai's and you got your Ice Pirates and all these films that... Battle Between the Stars. All those weird movies that probably would not have been... Blood Beach. Oh, yes, the killer... I shouldn't say it for anyone who hasn't (laughs) seen Blood Beach. But all those weird movies that got in under the radar because didn't have a big enough budget for people to worry about them.
1: I am so glad... That I lived in a world that once we could have movies like the Apple. And where they were shown in theaters, I am so glad. See, that's what I love. There's no way it could get made today. I am so glad that once upon a time, yes, a movie like the Apple could be made. Well, we come back to the whole thing. And this is an episode
2: we've always talked about doing and we should probably get on our butts and do it. About cult films, how there's no cult movies anymore. Nah. Because there's something about getting up in the middle of the night and making your way to a movie theater to see a movie that is unlike
0: any other movie. Speaking of that, the movie theater I was talking about earlier Mm -hmm. on, the coffee house is called Geeksboro Coffee House Cinema. A guy that used to run a midnight movie show in in another theater in town opened up his own theater. And it's showing some midnight movies. He showed actually Bubba Hotep last night. mm mm-hmm. On midnight. And the last Friday of every month he shows... Have yes. y'all seen Miami Connection or heard of this? Oh, God. It was on Gentleman's Guide. Y.K. Kim. Uh, yeah. Martial arts... Extravaganza. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Never heard of it.
0: I have not seen it, but I, I, Big Will and the Samurai have talked about it very recently, in fact. I'll link uh, link to the trailer onto y'all's message board thing there. It's great. It's insane, but it's one of those hokey movies. Not hokey, but one of those movies, like, low-key movies that you're talking about, like, the Apple and stuff, Where made in 1988, I believe. Mm-hmm. So right. Was, like, that little area where you can make this movie probably for, like, hundred bucks and get <laughs> it out there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so did we get through all of his recommendations?
0: Okay. You think he mentioned
2: two you said King of the Hill, and you said The Apple, and then we went Berserk. We asked for three. Yes, because we went
0: Berserk because we, we all liked The Apple. I would say, really, best thing to do is to get onto Netflix after you've watched those two, and just go two levels deep in the recommendations, and you'll usually get something that you've never seen before, and just watch it all the way through and just like, trying to find something new that you've never heard of. It's my third recommendation. Okay. Just, heck, I think it was last year, actually, me and Jay were trying to think of a subject for a movie and I just talked the word milk. Got two things I've never seen before. One was the Ron Howard thing. What is it called? Bitter Harvest about the, the milk cows getting poisoned. And the second one was called The Price of Milk, which is an excellent movie which I've never heard of. It would, actually, yeah, I'll recommend Price of Milk. It's got the guy that played Dr. McCoy from the new Star Trek films. Oh, Carl Urban. So he's a dairy farmer in New Zealand, and his fiancée feels as though that the love has left the relationship, so she's doing stuff to try and make him angry to just spark up the thing, and he's just this easygoing guy, just like, well, you ruined the milk. Let's go get some more <laughs> and, and stuff. So, yeah, The Price of Milk, I would recommend that one. It has a nice, low-key romantic comedy. It's just set in New Zealand, so they talk really cool.
1: <laughs> okay. Sounds good. One thing we should mention, though, that we haven't mentioned the thing about when you're watching it on streaming, like Adam has said a couple of times, that they'll say, well, if you like this, You'll you like may that. like... And it gives you like anywhere from six to eight other movies. So if you watch Commando, it'll say, mm-hmm. well, if you like Commando, you watch this based on how you rated the movie. Say,
0: okay, well, one, you really hated it, To Five stars where you really loved it. It's a good thing to rate high or low, not in the middle, because best way to get some insane or really good recommendations.
1: And I tend to either say, "Well, I really loved it," or "I really hate it." Right. Yeah. So he's right, because that's when you really get the really obscure stuff will start popping up that you don't know. I wanted to mention that there is a website, and I'm going to pull it up here real quickly while we're talking because I have it on my tab. It's a site called InstantWatcher.com. What you can do is that you go to Instant com, and it will tell you what is on all of these movies here right this is what's on Netflix now as you can see in high definition it's got over 2,000 titles and you can go to New York Times Critic Picks, Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. Action Adventure, Anime and Animation, Children and Family, well, whatever you're interested in, and just click on, and it'll tell you. And all of these movies are available right, right. now on that. So that's instantwatcher.com, folks, if you want to know what's available on streaming right now. And a lot of times, I check this, and it'll tell you what movies are not going to be available. Right, It'll tell you, okay, well, this won't be available after March 1st. What's now hot and high definition? 13 Assassins, Limitless monsters which is very good i recommend mm-hmm. that black death red state hobo with a shotgun no strings attached the next three days red white and blue and conan o'brien can't stop so adam once again
0: let people know where to find you i actually was given a script here to read all but you, that out. <laughs> <laughs> you can find my show instant depths uh, you no know, itunes just search instant depths but mainly post my shows to the acne wave projector It's the comic store that I go to. I have some friends that work there, and we put together this podcast network where you can find my show. The other shows include the Acme Cast, where the guys that work on the comic store interviewed they're the guys that do lunch over graphic novels I do that with uh, Stephen Mayer mm-hmm. from the comic store also and get that posted up on earth2.net basically just come out to the Acme Wave Projector you'll find my show find some other stuff fun. that's really cool but stuff said with Greg Shigel who's a guy that worked in Marvel Comics back in the turn of the century back in 2001 or so and mm-hmm. knows everybody so he has real like sit down talks with creators about their craft and what they go through in there check it out it's, all, it's really great I'm not like, going to talk about my own stuff right okay Okay. <laughs> So, as you know, we've been choosing people.
1: We're looking
2: through our, our list
1: of sponsors.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. we've already... Because, as you know, we let two people be our sponsor mm-hmm. every episode nowadays. So, these people have... And that's just a... Uh, I don't know what that I is. I don't know. Give me that. I don't know what that is. Oh, that, I know what that is from when we cache these... Uh, Okay Are you getting All
1: these donations? You would think so Okay, okay
2: Here's (laughs) one Here's one person In fact, we have referenced Him earlier today Okay My good friend Sean Engel Just one of the guys Podcast Okay And okay I'm going to go back To the I can't seem to find Anybody who decided To put the first And last name
1: Note to self Remind people When they make donations To put their first And last name on there So that we can Credit them properly So we can credit them properly One of
2: the sponsors Is Sean Engel Who's excellent podcast. Podcast, Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast that focuses on Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner. Okay. Every Friday, he has had me on a couple of times now because I love me some Guy Gardner. Okay, absolutely. And that came out... Who doesn't? That came out sounding vaguely wrong. Who doesn't love Guy Gardner? Well, I can think of a lot of people. In fact, I just recorded an episode with him where we talk about... The Zero Hour issues of both Guy Gardner Warrior and Green Lantern.
1: Okay. You
2: remember Zero Hour, where they tried to fix the problems that they caused? Well, they tried to fix the problems <laughs> that they caused
0: just before Crisis?
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: That was fun. That's the first appearance of the Jack Knight Starman. Yes, yes. He was the only
2: one... Because you remember, at that time, whenever they had a line-wide crossover, they would flood the market with five new titles, and yeah. usually only one of them would survive. And if I remember correctly, the new titles that year were Starman, a new version of Manhunter, Primal Force. What were the others? There were five of them, and they all... Did not last beyond about two years. Except for Starman. Our other sponsor is Mike J. Sigwin. Okay. So this episode's for you guys. I guess it's not time for the administrative. We're going to have that little thing to tell, it, to tell you where f- to contact us. thingy
1: at the end. But we are still <clears> in the <throat> year of Dylan. You and Josh have both turned in. It's done. The religion is done. It's in the hands of Ron Fortier right now. You guys on Facebook might have seen the illustration that Rob Davis has already done for it. He did a wonderful promotional drawing for it. But yeah, it's done. Now all it's got to do is just be published. So I don't know exactly when that's going to be. But Ron has said yes, it will be definitely this year. And so that's a co-production between Airship 27 and... And
2: Polkberg Press. And Hopeworks Press. Mm-hmm. Where also we have been told that there's probably going to be at the end of this year the wheels will start turning and there will be a third
1: how the West was weird yeah God willing in the Creekstone Ride. Russ Anderson the editor of the first two it says well fellas apparently he got tired of people asking when there was going to be a third one so he finally relented and said okay I want to do a third one I don't know maybe we might see it either at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year sometime well I've started
2: working since I've got a Doc Thunder story coming up right yours
1: already done though well no, no isn't
2: it? The second Doc Thunder story, The Town That Hated Santa Claus, is gonna be in the Pulp Works Christmas special. Okay. For two thousand Right, 2000, that's 2000, the Okay, I knew it was
1: I knew it was one you had done. So yeah.
2: Both of these are being processed being written, but since that one's being writ, that one's gonna be in Pulp Works Christmas annual, I've got a Don Cuevo story. I started yeah, working right. on four, which I was, knew
1: it was something yeah. I mean we had done uh, already I, But some. you guys Both of my
2: guys Because I figure I need to start getting Since I put together Enough stories What do I get? I get an anthology Well that's
1: usually How we're
2: done Also Pro Se Press Tommy Hancock's Concern Where you can visit Sovereign City The Land of Fortune McCall And Lazarus Grey And other Lazarus
1: r- Grey Which I think That Barry Reese Has got two Lazarus Grey books Coming out this year I'm not sure I have to j- double check that But I think yeah One debuting a new character Called Grave Day. Mm-hmm. So he's introducing a new character into the mix, and of course, it's going to be a Lazarus Gray book as well. So that man's a writing fool, I'll tell you. <laughs>
2: And, of course, if you're interested, if you go to Airship 27, and just be patient, Shadow Legion New Roads to Hell will be coming out. I've been told it's probably going to be that until the fall, though. And I'm working on the the second book, Shadow Legion Casebook, Volume 1. I just finished the second of the four stories. Third one is halfway done. Hopefully it'll come out shortly after New Roads to Hell is out. Okay. The way things are going. And there's one other project that I'm still in the nebula stages with that might be coming out through Ron. Okay. But we will talk about that when it becomes more
1: concrete. Sounds good to me. So,
2: we want to once again thank our guest for today,
0: Adam Orchakowski. Thank you. thank you for having me on. It's been a blast, a pleasure. All those fun, good accolades there I can give to you. All those positive words. <laughs>
1: no, it was a blast for us as well. I've listened to Instant Depth for a long time. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And really, it was a lot of fun to have you on. Right. Just kicking the willy bobo about Netflix and movies, and I trust this will not be the last time you will visit us.
0: I hope not either. I'd mean, like one or both of you guys on my show too at That's some point, cool. just to discuss some stuff like you just did today.
1: Okay, and on that note, no matter where you
2: go, no matter what you do, no matter what bizarre 1980s musical about a weird science fictional apple <laughs> that takes over people's minds, and then you got to run around in a little limousine while disco music plays. Go see that movie. Go see that movie. Go
0: watch that movie. <laughs> Good
2: night. Good night. So you want to let us know how much you like Better in the Dark, huh? And you do like us, right? Here's what you do. Email us at betterinthedark at earth2.net. That's betterinthedark at earth-2.net. You can join the Better in the Dark Facebook page by searching for Better in the Dark on Facebook and asking to join. You can follow both Derek and myself and our individual... Facebook pages to learn all about the facts to need to know about the both of us. You can read the Ferguson Theater and damn your ears, damn your eyes if you want more more filmic musings.
1: You know what else will prove you love us? Send us money. (laughs) Send checks, money order, filthy lucra, or
2: cash, we accept cash, bucks, to Myrtle Sporting Goods, shekels, care of, Thomas DJ e. Dollars 5760 Myrtle Avenue Richwood, New York 11385
1: Doubloons
2: Make all checks payable to Derek Ferguson And make all money orders payable to Thomas EJ Cash It comes in green It goes with everything Or you can contribute by the PayPal link We have at BetterInTheDarkSite.com The PayPal link is You have one click and then you're done And you can give us money there There you go if you send us a contribution, you'll be named a producer on an upcoming episode. And the best
1: part of it? No minimum whatsoever. No minimum, no maximum. Send whatever you like. So come on, stand up, get involved! Be counted,
2: share your love, and don't forget to... Go watch that movie! All that. Heroin! No, not heroin. I have a new song. I wrote it in the park. You've been listening to Better in the Dark, featuring Thomas E.J. and Eric Ferguson. Special thanks go out to Adam Orchakowski and the Acme Wave Projector podcast group, Sean Engel of Just One of the Guys, Paul, Bill, and Scott of Avengers Spotlight, Eric Frome, and of course, all the lovely members of the Better in the Dark Facebook page. Better in the Dark tried to take over the world with a mystical apple, but grunge music isn't as effective as disco when it comes to things like that. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, love letters, and pipe bombs to Better in the Dark at Earth 2.net. That's Better in the Dark at Earth 2.net. You can follow us on Twitter at, at BITD Show. Please vote for us on Podcast Alley and why not leave a review of us on iTunes? Hey, maybe you can even visit the Better in the Dark Central site at www.betterinthedarksite.com and don't forget to check out all the amazing music available at www.behyphen.com. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation in association with the Earth2.net community of podcasts. All material copyright Thomas E. J. and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, remember that you are now a chicken!
0: 78. 82. Morning, girls.